I don't have the why. I have the why not. Mm-hmm. I've been always driven by the why not question. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do it? Nope. So when you have this as a mindset, a good twist. Anything which is doable, literally as a human, you can do it. There is no reason for you not to do it. The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value, not like others. To join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, Alphas, to a new episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today, I've got a very, very special guest for you today, a true alpha. An alpha in the corporate world who started in corporate and reached a top level in the logistics and delivery industry and then switched to entrepreneurship. So an alpha who has both wisdom, the corporate wisdom and the own business wisdom as well. He's an ex-RMX regional CEO. He's an ex-advisor to the Prime Minister Office, ex-managing director UPS, founder of People Mina, and founder and CEO of Plug Mina, a contributor, opinion leader, and influencer on LinkedIn, and much, much more. To get ready to be inspired, motivated, and empowered as we shine the Alpha Spotlight on Hussein Wehdi. Welcome, Hussein, to the Alpha Talks podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Saif. Pleasure to be with you today. Same here, same here, brother. So let's start in a very, I would say, nice way. Let's say somebody looked at the thumbnail when the podcast is done and saw the title. And so it looks interesting for them. What can we promise them to gain from this podcast so that they gave us their time? Whatever you think. I can tell them, forget about titles. Mm -hmm. The content will speak itself. Mm -hmm. Expect uh, an unfiltered. I love that. Yeah. uh, Uncensored authentic episode with you i would love that first of all i'm a big fan of hussein on on linkedin he's really authentic on linkedin and the value that he provides is just amazing hussein is a normal human being um i'm not gonna tell you my age (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i'm one of those people who i mean really worked hard i'm a workaholic Uh, i was able to climb the corporate ladder with a lot of sweat and blood and the biggest secret and where I am today, yeah. and although I'm not anywhere yet, still there's a long journey, that's because of people. Because of people. Because of people. That's why I always speak about people. So today I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner, after working for around 22 years in the corporate, and I'm still uh, opening my path for maybe a brighter future. I love this part. So what motivates Hussein? So after all this long career in corporate, you reach the top level. Majority of the people would say like, okay, it's time for me to retire and enjoy life. I'm not talking about the age perspective. I'm just talking like you reach the corporate heights. What motivates you to keep kicking in? Strangely, I have self-motivation. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning. I want to do something, not to have a tap on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I, don't want, I, I don't expect from anyone to tell that me, tap. bravo, good mm-hmm. job. I self-motivate myself. I have an inner 
very powerful self generated uh, positive energy which it took me years to build it mm-hmm. and it doesn't come from nothing it came from a lot of experience a lot of downfalls a lot of lessons so today i am the cell i am the motivation of my own self but that's because you have a hidden why inside of you that you want to achieve something while you're doing this or by experience you said no no i don't need a tap from anybody and to get to get myself moving it's me driving me i don't have the why i have the why not mm-hmm. i've been always driven by the why not question mm-hmm. why can't i do it okay so when you have this as a mindset a good twist anything which is doable literally as a human you can do it there is no reason for you not to do it mm-hmm. you talked a lot about the comfort zone when oh, i was yeah. reading your post or the, your interviews the comfort zone and the move to dubai for you was very fast and usually the good things that happened in life i would say even in I would say in my path, it was something unpredictable and a fast decision. So your move to Dubai was very fast. Tell us about it. I'll tell you how it happened. Mm-hmm. When I was working with Aramex in Lebanon, it was a quick email between the Dubai management and the Lebanon management. Mm-hmm. And simply, uh, my ex-boss in Aramex, a lady, a UAE, mm-hmm. uh, sent a message to my ex-boss in Aramex Beirut and said, I want someone. Mm-hmm. And she immediately put my name. This is how leaders really exactly. care about growing mm-hmm. their people instead of just, you know, True. keeping them, keeping them for afraid. themselves. She said, I have this guy, take him, he's good. And then immediately within a few minutes, he sent her an offer. It came to me and she told me, pack your bag, you're going to Dubai. Because I wanted to always to go to Dubai. Dubai mm-hmm. was for me the land of opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear that you have friends in Dubai, wow, that's wow. really big. True. And since then, I came to Dubai. And I can tell you that... You didn't think you would leave your... Sorry to interrupt you. You leave your family, your friends. You know, that's the comfort zone thing. By then, I didn't have a family means an extended yeah. family of, mm-hmm. of wife and children. Mm-hmm. I wanted to build my future. And you cannot build the future in a better place than the land of yeah. opportunity. True. So the moment I landed in Dubai, I never regretted my... And since then, I think the UAE became my home country. Mm. You spent 17 years in Aramek. You spent 17 years in corporate world, in one company. That's the thing, even before the show, we were talking about this, the commonalities that we have. I almost spent majority of my career in corporate in one company. Can you tell me, what did you, what key lessons did you get from Aramex staying 17 or 18 years and how it shaped you now? Aramex, I, as I always say, uh, was a school. And everybody who graduates from Aramex, they tell you the same. It is a great school. When I joined the company, what really shaped me and shaped many great leaders today is the culture, mm-hmm. the corporate culture. We had a great corporate culture. We had a great vision, great leadership to an extent of, again, I always say it, we never went to work. Mm-hmm. We were used to go as if it's our company. We had the sense of ownership for the business mm-hmm. and we took it very much personal whenever anybody speaks bad about the brand. So we learned everything. I mean, I learned everything from sales, customer service to finance to leadership to culture, literally everything, in addition to the logistics technical part. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you 18 years or 17 years, it's not about how to deliver a ship, True. it's how to run a business. And mm-hmm. this is where those corporates will give you the best learning experience to prepare you to go to the entrepreneurship world, which of course mm-hmm. we will speak about it. A question here. You, you talked about the culture. In the, in the culture perspective, you were thinking about the in, intrapreneurship perspective that they built you into 
an entrepreneur inside of the company? 100%. 100%. The secret was, and Fadi Gandur, the great founder, he's, he's, he was a great leader for all of us, built an entrepreneurship ecosystem inside the company. So by mm-hmm. then, the word entrepreneurship was not known. If yeah, you remember 10 years back, 100% doesn't exist. You, used to, you used to say that this guy or this lady are a business she or he are a business person. True. Businessman, businesswoman. Mm-hmm. No, I, I remember I received a book from Fadi on our desk. All the managers received that book. Mm-hmm. It was called Something Entrepreneurship. It mm-hmm. took me five minutes to know how to read okay, it. To even pronounce it. Exactly. So it was <laughs> really tough. Yeah. I think since then, by having the entrepreneurship injected in our DNA mm-hmm. and learning about entrepreneurship, it started to get embedded in us as mm-hmm. leaders. And this is how we started to understand it and go into mentorship, corporate mentorship programs. We were having a mandate of mentoring companies, mm-hmm. not only mentoring our people. Mentoring companies, external companies? Yes, this was part of the CSR direction of the company. And this is really what shaped us. But what kind of advice would you give to startups now that they need to develop the entrepreneurship inside of their own uh, organization? Because you touch upon the culture, which is extremely important, and what what made you stick to Aramex? What do you need to do from your point of view? I stayed for 17 years because um, I was given all the empowerment and again, the sense of ownership to enjoy what I'm doing with full empowerment in, on decision-making and to learn from a mistake. So I had no reason really to leave uh, by that time. I got a lot of offers. Mm, of course. And mm. I was always afraid, and I still say it till today mm. to my bosses, to go to interviews mm-hmm. because maybe my boss will know that I went to an interview I wasn't afraid from the boss to take uh, maybe uh, a revenge-based... Yeah. No, no, mm. I was uh, afraid of embarrassment. And Hussein, why you are going into interviews? You're not happy with us? Mm. And I was super happy at mm-hmm. that time. So this is very rare. Yeah. I think it's very rare in the corporate world. True. But my advice always to startups is focus from day one on creating the grassroots of your organization, which is the corporate culture. culture. The corporate culture is the DNA, the soul, the spinal cord, Everything you can imagine, which will allow you to get numbers and scale and grow. That's really a golden rule for me. Then what made you leave Aramex? And what motivated you to leave Aramex? I mean, it's very well known. Mm. Uh, I'm, I never hide it. I left Aramex because some changes happened and I was asked to go to another region. Ah, okay. But I will mm. never leave this region. Ah, okay. My success mm. and all, as they say in Arabic, the, the fat on my, my uh, shoulders, shoulders yeah. is from this region, especially from the UAE. So I was not ready to leave the UAE. Mm-hmm. All my connections are here. All my partners, partners sure. are here. I wanted to stay. So I left very peacefully because I didn't want to go to a different region. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. Reaching a CEO position and staying in a company 17 years tells a lot, of, uh, a lot about your leadership style. What kind of leadership style do you follow? See? Um, I wasn't born with any exceptional leadership styles. I inherited this from the leaders whom I worked with. The way I was led, today I lead. So my style Which is... Just leading by example. Exactly, 100%. Mm-hmm. My style is very simple. I lead, I'm a leader, I'm an empathetic leader. I lead with empathy. I'm very much results-driven. I'm very much people-centric. I'm extremely customer-centric. And extremely positive. And extremely positive. Even if I want to tell you something negative, I have my way yeah, to turn this ne- exactly <laughs> negative thing into an opportunity by getting the best out of you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in cutthroat leadership. Mm-hmm. I have faced this uh, from few leaders and I hated it. Mm-hmm. So everything you, you didn't like that happened to you, you will do the opposite. Exactly. Everything good that happened to you, you will do the same. And you know the best thing that shows the material of your leadership 
when I asked you who is Hussein in the beginning, that Hussein is because of the people around. 100%. And that's, that's true leadership. Let's move a little bit to your new companies that you established after you left yeah. RMX. You have Plug Mina and you have People Mina as well. Yes. The idea that came to you to establish the, uh, these companies from where? Basically, both of them are companies that are filling gaps today. Mm -hmm. When you are in the corporate world, you see a lot of gaps. And when you exit the corporate world, any startup you want to work in is coming to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. Plugmina is basically a practical advisory boutique firm. Practical advisory means a lot of companies today, they require practical advisors who tell them what they should tell them. Yeah. And not to tell them what they expect from them. I, as an advisor, I will tell you what I, what I have to tell you. Mm -hmm. It's not what you expect from me to tell you. Otherwise, I'll be the same just... as everybody else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So Plugmina is, again, I... The concept of the company is to plug myself with corporates and startups to help them improve the business, scale the business, yeah. grow the business. In any transform. particular field? Or I started across? in logistics and mm -hmm. e-commerce, which is my industry, but I found out that no, there is a bigger scope here than anything corporate. Because my experience in the 23 it's years old process. is not only logistics, it's the corporate experience mm -hmm. that can apply to any, any industry. Mm -hmm. So in principle, I'm very happy with the results today. Uh, it's all about being an authentic advisor, an advisor who is a shadow of the management. I work on a part-time basis as an external mm -hmm. advisor, but my commitment is as a full-timer. Ah, love that. Mm -hmm. And this is very rare. The commitment, true. I always say PowerPoint presentations, two slides. Mm -hmm. This is the situation today. This is where we will be if we execute. And then I roll my sleeves and I go on the ground. I love the role this. I sell true. with my client. I help them in service damage. I help them in transformation. I put myself with them in, in the fire and we enjoy the challenge. Mm -hmm. I love that you have this, still this fire even after you reach. You know, sometimes we say like the ego kills people. Yeah. When you reach a CEO position in a multinational company and then you say like, okay, I'm going to roll my sleeves. Not a lot of people have the guts to say. If you don't start as a leader from day one, being a field leader in the field, you will not do it. Sure. I had always those fancy offices. I had those secretaries. I had all these big benefits. I just always put them aside. I liked always, or I loved to go with my people on the ground to, to sell, to solve problems. I mean, sometimes in the logistics industry, if one day passes without a disaster, it's boring. Yeah, true. It's mm, a super exciting boring, industry. Mm. Lost shipments, damaged shipments, delayed shipments. So these really keep you on your toes and give you that fire to, mm -hmm. keep, uh, to keep working hard. Can you mentor a lot of I would say entrepreneurs, uh, business people. I don't want to touch this topic, but I want to touch it from another side. Like sports teams, they have coaches. Yeah. And the coaches, they can spot the superstars by a certain set of criteria. When you coach people, when you coach business or entrepreneurs, what kind of criteria they sees in people that says like, okay, that person would be a superstar in the business area, let's say. That's a great question, Safe, because for me personally, coaching is not only about having a coaching certificate and going into theory. The way mm -hmm. I coach is a practical coaching mm -hmm. based on raw experience and raw knowledge. And uh, what I do is I used to have always in the corporate world a program which I always initiated in every company. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, hunting those hidden gems. In every organization, I mean, in one of the companies, I used to have around 3,000 people. Mm -hmm. I was 100% sure that out of these 3,000, if you have a middle layer of 100, you can have the next layer from the lower layer 
that can be triple that number because they are hidden down. They're super talented, True. super qualified. So I used to dig down and notice those. You know what? Some of them are engineers. Some of them are pilots and True. doctors, mm-hmm. but they are working as customer service. There is something wrong. Yeah. So I call these people after coordinating with HR and telling those people have studied for nine years. Their capability and talent is 10 times more than what we what think. They, yeah, what they're doing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is super important. Many companies should do that. It's very bad to get somebody with, let's say, a PhD and say, you know what? I'm going to lowball that person. Mm-hmm. You pay them peanuts because they are coming from a poor country. True. Rather than getting them, benefiting from their experience and from their, from their educational background and paying them fairly and getting the best out of it. So I think you're looking for in people more on attitude perspective, character perspective, or skills perspective. I always look into the soft skills. Into soft skills. I have hired hundreds of people and I had hundreds of fights with HR when I used to tell them, not in the way of my way or the, or the highway, but yes, sometimes I used to do it. I used to put mm. my bet on people True. that this lady or this person are qualified. Mm. They don't have the industry experience. We can teach them in one month but they have all the soft skills and the attitude to learn, perform, and grow with us. Mm-hmm. Take them. Sometimes you have these psychometric tests and 100 yeah, million yeah, questions true. and ABC. Mm-hmm. And I have I mean, a funny story. And one of the opportunities that came to me, I did one of those tests. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was shocked by the results. No way. I was... I got the result of I'm not creative, I'm not social, you know, and no everything which is against. <laughs> so this gave me an indication mm-hmm. that those are important. I'm not trying to really but not an uh, actual, ignore that, smart. but not actual. Mm-hmm. You have your real testing phases during the probation period. Mm-hmm. And from the first impression, True. it always comes. True. Then another question. I see that you like to add a lot of value to people. So I need to highlight this in the podcast as well. So people will know that you're launching or you launched already your podcast which is Hussein's Lounge. Tell the people what you, want, what you want to deliver with this podcast. You're delivering extremely important information and content on your social media. And now you're thinking to another level that you want to share it more through podcast. Tell us about the podcast. First of all, mm-hmm. I have to thank you. I appreciate you Same. for mentioning this and not taking my podcast as a competition for your podcast. So okay. this speaks about your values, number one. Number two, my podcast is a bit maybe different when it comes to the content. I've been in this region for more than 20 years. I saw a lot of success stories, great leaders, and a new generation of great leaders, either be it from family businesses or from the corporate, mm-hmm. who need to be exposed, not to become famous, need to be exposed to share their best practices and inspire others. Mm-hmm. So if you notice, I called it Hussein's Lounge, yeah. Lounge because I want you to be comfortable and casual casual yeah. mm-hmm. while asking you those tricky questions that will take you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and by taking you out of your comfort zone i will reflect the real you True. and that's really the purpose of this podcast i saw the first episode and i really loved it and i have my own podcast but i want to say that really the podcast of Hussein has really value in it because he tackled it from a totally different angle than the regular tell me your story tell me what you do thank you Appreciate. Let's talk about a little bit about success. So success for everyone is absolutely different. What is success? Success is a never ending journey, which you may never reach in your life. Mm-hmm. I call what we have today is milestone. Mm. For me, maybe I have achieved few milestones, but I'm, I'm still very much far away from it. I think success is very tough to achieve because defining success is a bit complicated. 
the moment you say I'm successful, you will sit in your comfort zone. True. So you have to put success as a never-ending journey, and True. you have to keep running and working hard uh, to reach it. This is my personal definition of success. But what are the keys then? Keys to success is when you reach a situation whereby you never have to put a lot of effort to be trusted for any business partnership. Mm-hmm. You have nice a reputation, mm-hmm. a great reputation where people want to work with you. You will be a tough competitor to others, not through your business model and through your business, through your own self, mm-hmm. through your name. For me, that's the ultimate success. When you are having a great reputation, people respect you. People want to hire you or work with you, no matter what. This is for me. I love it. What's your daily routine then? Okay. Something if I, in habits. Yeah, yeah. If I tell you that I wake up at four and I do the jogging. <laughs> the five no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not. I wake up early because I want to take my kids to school, mm-hmm. which is a mandatory yeah. thing. Otherwise, you would see me waking up at seven. Mm-hmm. But um, when I take my kids to school, my day starts. I directly go either if I'm working with clients, many times I'm, I inject myself in their offices, mm-hmm. uh, different clients every day. Or if not, I go back, let's say, to one of my working uh, spaces. Yeah. But 99% of my time is uh, sitting and meeting new people every day. Yeah. To networking. Networking every single day. And I have a lot of requests to meet people. I have to filter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to meet everybody. But you have to filter at least whatever is really benefits you and those people. The best thing, you know, this is the second time I meet Hussein. The first time we met in the Young Arab Leaders Organization, and it was very quick. I don't think that we shook hands even. But when Hussein came to me today, as if I knew the guy from years back. So when he really talks about the networking, you know how to build rapport with people. We knew as if we knew each other for long. We talked about almost everything. So... I believe network, you're very good in networking. What are the keys to network? Positivity. Look, from the first three seconds, shake, uh, shake a handshake and that eye contact, you will know that you have clicked with that person. Mm-hmm. You have two types of people, the very casual, positive people like you. Mm-hmm. And you have sometimes the people whom they are born like that, they're arrogant, they have yeah. ego. You will feel that. I will never network or even uh, extend my handshake for more than maybe two seconds with anyone who shows ego or uh, attitude. Uh, attitude or mm-hmm. I just cannot uh, blend with such mm-hmm. people. And you see them every single day. True. So the best way is to ignore them, stay away from them, and negative people as well. Mm-hmm. I like to network with people because every person is a potential friend before I say mm-hmm. business partner because for me it's never about materialistic reasons. Mm-hmm. Connecting with people is a human-to-human connection. Mm-hmm. You never know what happens in the future. Luckily, every person whom you meet in an event will remember you after 10 and 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the good thing. Mm-hmm. This is what you, need to, what you need to build when you are building your network. Just building a network by going, wow, that's a top CEO of a company. Let me go and mm-hmm. shake hands mm-hmm. because I want to take his or her business. This work. is fake. True, it doesn't work. Fake. But what kind of tips you can give to people to really do a network? Like, let me tell you, for example, I have a ritual that I do. Like, Because you meet a lot of people in your life, 100%, and you can't cope to keep in touch with everyone. So I have a ritual in the morning that I list three to four people every day that I have to get in touch with in order to nurture the relationship with them. So that's a tip that I I follow. Can you give a tip for the people how to maintain the network in this extremely loaded, I would say, era? How can you maintain the relationship and network with people? What you said is number one. I do like the same Mm -hmm. thing like you. Every day I choose four or five people, just call them. Mm-hmm. 
at least once in a month, checking on them. Sure. I don't want anything from them. Secondly, maybe because I'm very loud on LinkedIn every day, I put once or twice, people see me every day. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing is anybody whom you meet after maybe three years of this connection from a physical interaction, nice. they tell you, Hussain, we didn't, we didn't miss you, Habibi. We see you. We see you every day. <laughs> That's a nice uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a funny way, mm-hmm. not really in, mm-hmm. a, in a toxic yeah. way. One out of 100 will tell you in a toxic way, you know, my Habibi, I see you every yeah. day. Khalas, enough. I tell him, you know what? Or unfollow. True. <laughs> so, true. That's a nice one. So yeah. The social media power that keeps you in touch with people. 100% because you are there when you do it safe, not for you, for, for mm. others. When you are a giver and not a taker, people will be close to you. No, so going back to, to uh, networking, when you approach somebody in an event, it's good to approach for a business partnership. Mm. Of course, it's, there's nothing wrong. But also, if you approach that person for a win-win uh, benefit, mm. and sometimes for something that will benefit others, this is where people will receive you more and you build really And people feel it 100%. Money. Yes, definitely. Then as a person who, I would say, worked in a corporate world and be, being an entrepreneur as well, do you believe that everyone should be an entrepreneur? Or do you believe that people should start in the corporate world, then move to entrepreneurship? What kind of school do you come from? If it's a tricky question, and the, uh, the answer is sometimes, mm-hmm. there is no uh, golden rule here. I always prefer fresh graduates to go into the corporate world, learn the basic, build their own foundation, and then go into it. Why? Because in the end, you're setting up a business, and you have some basic things that you need to learn. Um, I'm one of the people who encourage everybody to take the raw corporate experience. Mm. No matter how hard it is, the harder it is, the better it is for you to learn. Exactly. Because some people, they graduate, let's say they go and join a business, their family, they do nothing mm-hmm. sometimes, and they don't learn anything. These people will mostly fail if they go into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I think you have to have the hardship first of the corporate world, and the harder it is, the better it is and then go to, into entrepreneurship. Actually, I have the same point of view, but you know, we see a lot of people these days because of social media, the entrepreneurship, uh, the flush of the entrepreneurship that everybody wants. As soon as they finish university, I want to be an entrepreneur because I want to ride this car, get this house, buy this watch. But I do come from the school of try yourself in corporate, learn the systems, learn the process, build your foundation, and then pivot. And I have other, other uh, saying that says like, everybody becomes an entrepreneur, then all the companies has to shut down. So 100% aligned on that. And I really encourage people to test themselves in the corporate world before moving to entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, again, it's not an easy thing. And I want you to talk about this. It's not an easy thing at all. So tell us what entrepreneurship is. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. You're right. You, not anybody who can work three years in a corporate then khalas, I want yeah, to do my done. own business. Mm-hmm. Because even you as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, during your early days, you are lonely. No matter how many people you have with you. And nobody believes you. Exactly. All the pressure is on you. And to build your reputation and name, especially if you were not really well-known in the corporate, mm-hmm. it is a very hard. If you were very well-known in the corporate, you can leverage. And you, you can leverage easily. It's a mm-hmm. plug and play. True. It's mm-hmm. a plug and play. So I always advise people, it depends on your character. I have mentored a lot of entrepreneurs. Most of them are great. Some of them were not capable. Mm-hmm. They were super weak. Their character was super weak. They don't know how to speak with others. They don't know how to speak with investors. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to speak with clients. They're more of a technical people. Uh-huh. 
it's okay if they are like this to succeed they have to get co-founders with them who have the attitude of an entrepreneur the missing elements the missing elements so it's like a puzzle it should be really completed uh, by different types mm-hmm. of pieces so yes it's not for everybody it's super hard because your income is not stable mm-hmm. there's a lot of downs and few ups yes but it's beautiful it's a word i personally enjoy uh, uh, the challenge mm-hmm. i never brag and nag about yeah. it if you want to nag and brag about it quit it and go back to corporate yes simple you know i had when i switched from corporate to becoming an entrepreneur i had six months i i talked to you i talked to you about this i had six months of hell it requires a totally different new skill sets to be an entrepreneur so from hussein's standpoint what are the key skills that entrepreneurs or people who wants to be an entrepreneur should develop in order to be a successful entrepreneur you have two types you have your soft skills you have to be a social person you have to be really having the business you have to be business oriented you have to have leadership skills to lead a business you have to have the confidence to deliver what you promise mm-hmm. to your investors and you have to have also the risk taking appetite and this is super important uh-huh. if you are not having the appetite to take a risk and you are not having the readiness to fail you will not do it. Yeah, stay. So you can fail mm-hmm. and it's okay. But you have to learn from those mistakes. You you fall down and then you, you stand up again. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel that many people are ready for this today. And that's why I don't advise everybody to go into entrepreneurship. I'm very selective when I advise people. Mm-hmm. I know who is ready and who is not. In addition to all this, again, we go back to your network. Mm-hmm. If you have a big network, you will never have a problem in selling. Sure. I have a problem today, little, and uh, catching up with how many leads I have, yeah. how mm-hmm. many people I can approach for my business. But maybe I don't have the capacity to serve them all. So it is called a positive dilemma. Mm-hmm. If I know, let's say, a million people, I may need 10 of those to take my company to the next level. Mm-hmm. I'm barely maybe able to serve and focus on six, not because I don't want to. Yeah. I want to focus on those, properly. and then I scale. And the next advice, never scale quickly never go and just mm-hmm. yalla i want to open 50 exactly. branches mm-hmm. proof of concept in one country one place one solution one product and then you grow uh, 100% once the foundations are set and you're ready for the scale you mentor a lot of startups and let's say there is there's a startup watching us now what are the red flags that you will tell them now to take care of while they are in the startup phase there are a lot of uh, red flags and the biggest I think bump that uh, faces startups is again speed of scale. Mm-hmm. Speed of scale is very take risky. it easy. Take it easy. You will not make your first million from tomorrow. Focus, 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 mm-hmm. and believe it or not, who's your right co-founder? You can be super synchronized and aligned during the first days while pitching. When the real business starts, you Thanks will know your real co-founder. When challenges happen, true, hundred I mean, percent. This is very much, mm-hmm. and work stress with, comes in. Yes, work with a co-founder whom you trust. Forget about the background and the technical mm-hmm. background. Somebody whom you trust. Somebody when you fall will lift you up, up. not to cry with you in the 100%. same, you know, corner. 100%. Yeah, it's a very good one. Let's switch a little bit to social media, and it's very silly if we talked about how important is social media now, all these kind of things, right? So let's talk to the meat. You're a great contributor on LinkedIn. Thank you for the word contributor and not implementer. 
a great contributor on LinkedIn. Why are you using LinkedIn? And what is the importance for LinkedIn for you as a team and for people who's listening to us? And what kind of strategy? LinkedIn is an underestimated platform, which many people still today think it is a job. It is not. LinkedIn is best networking platform ever. It took me time to realize this. Uh, I mean, I used to think that LinkedIn is a place where people just go for, find jobs. But when I see somebody active in the very early days, mm-hmm. maybe that person is just going to look for a job. I just want to interrupt just to put things in perspective. Yeah. LinkedIn has more than 100K followers. Reaching 100K in a few weeks. Yeah. So more than 100K followers on LinkedIn. That's not something that a lot of people think that you can build it overnight. No. It took a lot of time and put a lot of effort to build this kind of huge reach on LinkedIn. Sorry for the interruption, but to put it in the perspective. No, thank you. By the way, I, I never really thought about numbers. Uh, my, my purpose on LinkedIn is to build my personal profile and have it there as a legacy for the future. Mm-hmm. It is like a knowledge hub, I call it, where people go for free, you know, benefit from the content I put. I never really thought of I want to reach million or two million mm-hmm. followers or whatever. Because, you know, in LinkedIn, you never monetize. Mm-hmm. Your monetization is indirect mm-hmm. by getting business opportunities, job opportunities, when people believe in your values. Mm-hmm. So it's your online a CV, resume, and history as well. But it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. It needs a lot of consistency. By the way, every single human being you've met in your life, almost, not most of them, but most of them are on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Every decision maker whom you want to meet in the future is on LinkedIn. Every person who you met in a conference, uh, worked with you, your coworker, colleague, boss, partner, client is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Right. Every uh, person who was with you in university is on LinkedIn. College on LinkedIn. It's a, it's an amazing platform. Mm-hmm. So I found the right opportunity on LinkedIn. My reach on LinkedIn when I want to promote something, speak about anything, even if I go to the most famous, most famous TV channel ever, the reach is not as big as on LinkedIn. Right. I was telling you offline. Exactly. If you go to one of those biggest news uh, age, uh, channels in the world and have an interview and you're proud about it the first thing you will do you put it on linkedin <laughs> right away <laughs> please watch because nobody is watching tv today mm-hmm. and people are almost 24 7 on linkedin many of them are silent people observing and not contributing and a big chunk are contributing and adding a lot of value you were doing linkedin when you were in corporate right yes a lot of people tell me oh safe i don't want to be on linkedin when i'm in corporate because my employer will think that I'm job hunting. What kind of advice would you give to me? I spoke about this in many podcasts. Mm-hmm. And the first question is, why you are not allowed to job hunt? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I believe personally, this is a right for any human being, whether you're happy or not. Again, I say it for the 10th time, no company will own you as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the right to job hunt. But of course, when you are working with a company, you cannot go and say, I'm open for work if you're still there, unless you decided to leave and you informed your management. Mm-hmm. You have to respect that company. But no, at all. I always encourage my people to be active on LinkedIn, build your personal profile. That's why today I'm, I'm not trying to sell, but I'm doing a lot of LinkedIn training mm-hmm. in a practical mode, whereby we go to companies, train them how to be brand ambassadors mm-hmm. for their companies while building their own personal brand. Within the company. Definitely. Because your personal brand will reflect positively on your corporate brand and vice versa. Absolutely. So LinkedIn is, I think, the best place where you can sell, where you can build relations, where you can network, where you can share your values, where you can find the 
generate leads, where you can do partnerships. I mean, everything. A lot of people listening to us, I believe they don't have a proper LinkedIn page. What kind of two tips would you tell them to do? That they listen to this and they jump onto the computer. What do they do exactly? I'll tell them how much time you spend and how much art you put in decorating your home for a guest mm-hmm. to come and visit you. This is how you have to do it. At your home, you may receive 10 guests every month. On LinkedIn, you may receive 100,000 visitors every day. So it's your open house. You have to decorate your page as if it's your own home. Because a guest will come and have coffee and enjoy your time and they will leave. Your LinkedIn profile can open for you a million-dollar opportunity by having an employer visiting your page and understanding your values from your content, from your picture, from the way you speak, the way you comment. I always tell people, be careful of commenting in a negative way, mm-hmm. in a toxic manner on other people's posts. You told me offline that when you started, a lot of people were having negative comments towards what you were doing. How do you want people or to advise people to handle such negative comments? We are all on social media. We got trolled 100%. What's your advice? To them? It depends on the way you approach it. Initially, when you start, you'll be worried and afraid of those. And the moment you see a negative comment, Either you will delete your post yeah, exactly. or you will delete your account. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. do that. And then gradually you will understand that this is my personal space. I put my own, I set my own red lines boundaries. and boundaries. Mm-hmm. So you want to contribute on my post, you have to be respectful. You want to have uh, constructive feedback, go ahead and put it. You want to cross the limits, you send me a personal message. My post and my profile and your profile is not there to create toxicity and negativity for people. So, so this is your ownership. So boundaries, they of put course. boundaries, they put red lines, and they don't get into the tit and tat of answering each other on the trolls. trolls. You don't need trolls. True. You, you can immediately eliminate trolls. You can do it in a respective manner by sending that person a message that you have crossed your limits. I have to delete your comment. Mm-hmm. First of all, to save you from my followers who will attack you on yeah, that comment exactly. because, you know... And you had an experience of this. You oh, shared a lot, yeah. a lot. I had a lot of your followers. Mm-hmm. They are your beautiful community True. and they're, they're your lawyers. Mm-hmm. So that person who puts a negative comment is super toxic. I'm not talking about constructive. Mm-hmm. is attacking for no, no reason. Mm-hmm. This comment that they put on your profile is seen by all their followers. So imagine you're following someone and you were planning to hire that person and you see him or her jumping on somebody's post, putting a super negative comment, which is not affecting that person. It's affecting a brand which he or she represents, which can include million people working there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dave, it is as serious as that. But people don't really realize that. So I never, in all my LinkedIn journey, I've never put a negative comment on anybody's post. Nothing. Never. True. Because I have no reason to mm-hmm. do that. No need. Either you agree or you disagree. You can even skip it or like if it's not, you don't need to fight somebody. Yes. Listen, if we go back 20 years, what kind of advice? Would you well, a lot of advices. When you receive opportunities, never reject them blindly. Explore every opportunity that comes to you. I did this mistake mm-hmm. in the past by... When I had a lot of opportunities, be it direct ones or indirect ones, or even not necessary job, maybe businesses, I used to stay in my comfort zone and say, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to work here for a lot of years. I don't want to explore. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest mistake, although I don't regret it because it didn't negatively impact me. 
but maybe I could have taken myself into to, a different place mm, today or a fast track, or or a fast track yeah. exactly. So never uh, reject any opportunity blindly, Assess explore, test, know your value, know the value of the opportunity and then say yes or no. I love that. People, there are people in corporate world right now and they want to leave their nine to five job to pursue their passion, to becoming an entrepreneur. What kind of advice would you give? So they're already in corporate and they think that they could be an opportunity to follow their passion. So you move from corporate to entrepreneurship, but you took the ladder till the end. But the person midway said like, okay, I want to try entrepreneurship. I want to write the Lamborghini. <laughs> what to do? <laughs> I can tell them, don't take a crazy step. Or in Arabic, we say, so don't, I mean, you have to take a calculated risk for one reason. If you're financially stable, mm -hmm. you have income for years, jump ship. Put your resignation tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You have nothing to lose. If you don't have steady income and you have a family, don't react based on maybe negative things that are happening. Mm -hmm. The moment you feel that you cannot continue, either you want to jump into a different job or you want to go into entrepreneurship, calculate your risk. Or maybe start it on the side, right? It is, I used to encourage people, mm -hmm. by the way, whenever I was leading companies, I'm okay with you and having your own side business. Really? Yes. As long as it doesn't have a conflict of interest. If the company rule mm -hmm. uh, doesn't allow that, I cannot violate the company. Sure. But when I have the authority and the empowerment as a leader to allow it, I always allow it. That's Did so I turn my blind eye sometimes on few people? Definitely I did. Mm -hmm. Because if they were working on logistics and they have a marketing agency, agency. it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know why I did this? Yeah. Because I used to always, as a leader, know that. If tomorrow the company comes and says we are downsizing mm -hmm. and you were forced to ask those people to leave, can I give them a two-year salary to survive? No. So I cannot cut their other source of income mm -hmm. as long as it's not really having a conflict. Today, if in my company I will hire people and I'm the decision maker, mm -hmm. I will always allow as long as no you, you work i cannot expect for me to work with lawyers mm -hmm. because i'm not loyal to you as sure. a company i want you to work in dedication deliver what i expect from you and then you make your own money on the side passive income etc share with us what's the best advice you've got best the best advice i still remember this it was one of my great bosses i was very positive in, in many of roles and one time, a uh, boss took the phone and he called me and said, Dan, stop being very nice with everyone. You don't want to please everyone. They know. But, you know, in, in corporates, mm -hmm. you fight between True. region and corporate yeah. and everything. I used to always say, you know what? Okay, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Departments, departments. You know, yeah. for the reason, I don't want to go into debate. Mm -hmm. And then this leader, great leader, he told me, you don't have to please anyone. Stop accepting everything as it is and fight back mm -hmm. this was a turning point in my character and my attitude it gave me more confidence to say no mm -hmm. when i have to say no i say it i always say it's very important to say no when a yes is always taken for granted absolutely mm -hmm. that absolutely. was the greatest lesson absolutely i want you to share with us something that no nobody knows about Hussein. a hidden talent a hidden hobby that share it with us I have a lot of hobbies, but a um, hidden, one. hidden one, everything you see today on social media, on my channel, videos, pictures, design, uh, content, uh, you know, these cool uh, mm -hmm. animations. 
I do them personally. He he told me this <laughs> like 10 minutes ago and I was like, oh, oof. And you know what? 80% of this content, I make them on my mobile. Oh, really? On yes. the mobile? No laptop, nothing. So nobody Try has an excuse, guys. Huh? That's it. CMO, CEO RMX, <laughs> business owner, and he's editing everything his own. So you don't have an excuse. And by the way, I don't do this to save money. Mm -hmm. I do this because you like. I like to be creative. All my company logos, of course, one of them was made, Plugbina was made by a great agency. Mm -hmm. I have to mention mm -hmm. them there. Uh, uh, the Marketing Boutique by mm -hmm. Nancy. Mm -hmm. She did that, but people mean I did it myself. I just went to the website and designed mm -hmm. it. And then the marketing material for both companies, uh, I do them. Uh, you you buy on uh, Canva or true, any of those, true, the two, $3, and I put it. So it's a great thing because this is where you, you, you put the content that speaks your values. True. I don't have to outsource that. Of course, you have to outsource it if you don't have time. But me personally, that's my hobby. Love that. I was surprised, but super nice because... Frankly speaking, even my team knows that I like a little bit of design. So I do a lot of things on Canva as well. That's <laughs> a commonality we have. Before I smooth things down, do you want to share anything with the audience out of your heart? I always want to tell them that, and I always say this, if you want really to reach perfection and success, which is a long-term thing, as we said, you have to get rid of a few things. And I always say, stop fearing people. You have nothing to fear. When it comes to people, because I mean, people cannot hurt you. Mm. In the end, they would maybe influence you negatively or positively. The moment you stop fearing people, your confidence is gonna shoot up. Be yourself. The moment you divert from being yourself and become, you know, just a fake, a fake person trying to copy others, you will fail. True. Be authentic. Be yourself. You will have a lot of people who will be with you. You will have a lot of people who will be against you. That's normal. Don't aim to be loved. Mm -hmm. Aim to be respected. Don't aim to be famous. Aim to be heard. Mm -hmm. Don't aim to be an influencer. Contributor. <laughs> be a contributor. Mm -hmm. I think by doing this, and most importantly, be a giver before being a taker, you will own the world. Love that. You will own the world. Guys, take note of this. That's really gems being thrown. We have a ritual in the Alpha Talks called the Alpha Talks Memoir. Okay, the Alpha Talks Memoir is a simple archive that I'll ask the Alpha guest to write three things, okay? The first thing is your experience in the Alpha Talks. The second thing is you will ask a question to the next Alpha guest. He will not know or she will not know that the question is coming from you, but it's a way of connecting people together. The third one is who do you recommend to be the next Alpha guest that you think that they will really make an impact on the audience that we have? These are the three things I would love to have from you. And before we start with this, I need to ask you the question from the last alpha guest. So who was the last person you really, really kind to, he was really kind to, and you were super kind to them and helped them? Maybe I'm, I'm not supposed to mention names, yeah, but, right? Mm -hmm. But I've done it for a few people without expecting any return, especially people uh, who were super talented and, and looking for a job. Mm -hmm. So I recommended them without even taking this as I don't know, a recruitment task or job task. Mm -hmm. Out of... I mean, I've done this for a few help. people. Maybe I think in, in, in the last year, if I calculate those and today, alhamdulillah, they are working and their families are safe and mm -hmm. secure because of the income, maybe around six people. Mm. 
I could have made money from mm -hmm. them if I took them under Very people, Mina. Thing. And by the way, there's something I'd like to mention mm -hmm. here. Many times when I take a candidate to a company and this company tells me, saying we don't have a budget mm -hmm. for external recruiters, I already may have shared the CV. I tell them, you know what? Hire that person, interview them. I don't want it mm -hmm. because I cannot tell you, oh, you cannot contact that person before True. I make money. I tell them, hire that person. Karma is always on the corner. Exactly. That person will come to me maybe. One day, too. Love that. Then thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure to have you today with us. And I'm sure all our audience on the Alpha Talks podcast would love this episode. Everybody uh, follows Hussein. Everybody checks his LinkedIn. He drops a lot of knowledge bombs over there. You will learn a lot. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Saif. I think this is one of the best podcasts I've ever attended. And you are an inspiration. We will have another sequel or a follow-up of this podcast soon. So stay tuned to that. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity, and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Safer Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight, and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay out.